my hands I don't touch my face I stay at home Shelter in place Social distance Don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves I stay away from church I avoid old folks And should I sneeze I do it in my elbow Or up my sleeve Six feet apart That is the rule And I pray for the day The kids can go back to school Just a little ditty by Ray Stevens I thought was apropos for the time. Welcome to my radio show. This is uh, Kurt Wilson, the Armchair Survivalist. And today is September the 27th in the year 2020. If you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, scroll down, any page, doesn't matter what page it is, scroll down to the bottom of the page, you're going to see ways to listen. Now, obviously, you know one, at least one of them because you're listening to me right now. But... I'm on every podcast venue there is. Stitcher, Anchor, TuneIn, I'm even on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and a whole bunch of them that I don't even know. Well, I do know, but I can't read the damn things because the print's too small. Anyway, so you can listen to on your on your smartphone and uh, to any of these podcast uh, places. In fact, Amazon just contacted me and said they want to put me on their whatever their new podcast venue is going to be. You know, I, unfortunately, I'm not getting paid for any of this. You can also listen on Global Star 3 Satellite. Uh, and in fact, I have a uh, 24-7 live feed that you can click on there. You can listen to my chat room. You just uh, click on uh, chat at the top of the page. You'll see any of the pages. You'll see two links. One of them says, listen to my show live Sunday in the chat room. Click on that. And I'm on 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time, 3 to 5 p.m. Mountain Standard time, 4 to 6 p.m. Central Standard time. And for those of you on the East Coast, 5 o'clock to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, if you miss the show and you want to just listen to it, uh, the latest show of the Armchair Survivalist all week long plays. And there's a link. It's in that little aqua box, colored box. I guess you can use the term aqua. I don't know what the hell color this thing is. It says, uh, listen 24 hours a day to the recent show of the Armchair Survivalist. Click here. Do so. And boom, you got the recent show. You can listen to that there. You can also listen on your phone 
if you dial area code 641-741-0371. Now, that's the standard phone. Now, what happens is a lot of you guys have these unlimited phone systems, which are not unlimited, let me tell you. And they get upset when you dial a phone number and then just sit there, not even talking, listening for hours on end. So what they do is uh, they'll cut you off. And if that happens, you'll hear, please dial this other number. Well, that's that's what it is, okay? But the main number is area code 641-741-0371. Now, if you want to download any of the shows, on the left-hand side of any of the armchairsurvivalist.com pages is a little white nipper dog listening to the RC Victor Gramophone. You click on that. It'll take you to the page that lists all of my my shows for the current year. I only keep one year at a time. Now, also, everything I talk about, I have notes about, and I show them to you. So you can see and verify for yourself that I'm not just pulling stuff out of the air to to, uh, chat about on on, on my radio show here. So you go on the left-hand side of any of the pages, you'll see the links. Homeroom, chat room, show notes. That's where you click, is the show notes. And that'll take you to the page that lists my shows chronologically with a little clip, a little tiny, tells you what I'm, I'm uh, uh, the show is about. Like uh, how to buy firearms, how to vacuum pack food, how to store food, how to work on your car, how to, you know, all this, it's right there. So you click on that part and that'll take you to, an, that'll open up a page that'll show you all of my actual links that you can download yourself, go and look at yourself and verify everything that I say. So now we got all that out of the way. So let's uh, get some information about the company, Survival Enterprises. Uh, You can find us at survivalenterprises.com, SE1, Samuel Edwards, the numeral one, dot US, SE1 dot US. Poke around there, you can see the stuff we have for sale. Uh, Let's see, what do we got here? We got nothing. No, this is very simple, though. Buy what you can well, while you can. Anything that you see on our website, and for that matter, anything you see on other people's websites, if you think you want it, you better buy it right now. We have, we have products that are very powerful. And the problem is the uh, shipping lines have all been screwed up because of this uh, pandemic and this uh, attempted worldwide communist takeover and destruction of capitalism. So they're, they're screwing up the shipping lines and the supply lines. When we get a product in... I announce it on the on the show, and if you are on our email list, and there's there's no magic to getting put on this email list. Order something, we'll put you on it, or call and we'll put you on it. It's that simple. Now we used to have a link that where you click here and be added to the email list. Unfortunately, what was happening was every every governmental agent in the world, every intelligence agent who was monitoring the radios. The radio shows, you know, like me, was signing up. Also, competitors, other radio... We had so many people signing up just with the intent to screw with us. So we dropped that. So now you want to get put on the email list, call us on the phone. And by the way, that's easy. 800-753-1981. That's 800-753-1981. That's one phone number. You want to save us a few nickels? You dial the direct number, 310 295-9686. That's 310-295-9686. And we'll put you on. Or email us, and we'll put you on. And my email address is at the bottom of uh, every every, uh, page at armchairsurvivalist.com. You can figure it out. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how to get put on an email list. It almost takes one to get off the damn list, though. Not ours. All you do is say, get me off the list. If you ever get an email from us and you don't want it, at the bottom of the page... 
will always be a unsubscribe link. So it's, you know, again, doesn't take a rocket scientist. Now, what I was saying was, if you see something you want, you better buy it. And that, not just from us. I'm having a hard time getting stuff. Like we sell all the Trump flags here in the store and we sell Trump hats here in the store. Well, I can't put them on the website because they don't last long. And because it's so hard to get them back in stock. I can't believe half the stuff that we can't get now. And this is just the beginning. We're, you're going to be seeing a lot more shortages, especially, especially now that a lot of businesses are closing. And I mean big businesses are closing. They're shutting down. They're, we'll find out about that as time goes on. Right now, we got to get into the economy. I only have one thing in the category of economy this week. Not because there isn't a lot of things going on, but because I didn't find anything that important. But I did get a notice. Because I'm a unknown to the government, who I am, I'm a member of the Department of Homeland Security. And I get briefings all day long on all kinds of different categories, including from the Federal Reserve. Now, I got a briefing on from the Federal Reserve about instant payments. I don't quite understand the whole concept behind this. I'm sure most of you out there are probably smarter than I am, so you can figure it out yourself. But I'll have the link, obviously, up. And what it talks about is that, and I'm not sure how it's going to transpire, but the Federal Reserve is setting up a program where you can use your available liquidity. And that could be your your checking account, your bank account, your crypto account. I, I don't know. I didn't understand the whole thing. But you're able to buy instantly and have your funds transferred instantly. So now if somebody uses a credit card, they don't get the funds for a day or two. And then at any time, you can say, well, that was fraudulent. I, I think uh, I want my money back. And you can get your money back. Well, they're setting up something now which is more instant than that. And its I don't know how it's going to be protected or anything. I just, I'm just putting a link out for you guys to read. Basically, if you come into a store and maybe you'll have a card, I don't know. But you give it to the, the, the storekeep or you buy something online and the funds are instantly transferred from your bank account to the uh the the uh, the store's bank account instantaneously so that that's and anything that ever happens from any government entity or any secret a- agency like the federal reserve there's always something there that's not right there's always something there that's that can can hurt you now i uh every every week i have new new listeners to my show and a lot of you have never heard the story of the sword of damocles This is how governments work. And I'm going to explain the Sword of Damocles to you. This is an old fable. Long time ago, well, I don't know, a couple thousands of years ago, there was this ruler in Persia. And he he sat on his throne, and he had beautiful women around him, and he wasn't married, so he had his choice of whatever he wanted to dally with that day or night. He had the best food that was available. He had the best doctors that were available. And uh, he just sat on his, his, his throne all day, and he answered questions, and he made rulings, and, and he had the, the court, you know, he had his court there, then different people and different different um, agency representatives there, and he also had his court jester, and, and he had his uh, yes man, which is, in those days, you, ha- you always had, a ruler always had somebody to, to keep his, his uh, spirits up. Say, hey, boss, you're doing a great job. Just keep it up. Everybody loves you. Don't worry about it. That's what he was, all right? So this guy, 
he was jealous. So he, he would bitch to other people in the court now and then. And, and, and one time the ruler heard him complaining, saying, you know what, how hard can it be to sit on your butt all day and just make rulings and, and uh, love beautiful women and eat all this food? I mean, how, it doesn't take uh, somebody with great intelligence, does it? The ruler comes to, this, to Damocles and he says, I'll tell you what, I want you to be happy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you be ruler for a day. You can sit in my seat. You can wear my shoes. You can wear my clothing. You can make the rules. You can do anything and everything you want for a 24-hour period. You don't have to worry about me putting you to death afterwards or if you've done something wrong. So it's all all up to you for the whole day. So Damocles goes, okay, that's great. Next day, he dresses up in, in all the royal fine, finery, and he sits on the, that nice chair that's emboldened with gold and jewels and he eats what he wants anytime he wants he makes rules he answers questions the court usually closes down about six o'clock at night well about five o'clock he looks up and hanging above his head is a large sword which is attached by a single hair to the ceiling and he jumps up and tries to get out of the seat the ruler held him down and said, no, 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 no. If you're going to enjoy the finery, you're also going to understand that all rulers have a sword hanging above their head that can break at any time and fall on them. This is what's known as the Sword of Damocles. It's a threat. It's a possibility of something bad that can happen. And that's how government works. They have thousands and thousands of these little swords of Damocles hanging over their citizens' heads. If you do this, then this is going to happen. But you never know. You never know if that sword's going to just fall on you. And this is what I'm getting at, is that we have all over the world, for that fact, but I'm just concerned about the United States. All the citizens in the United States have these little swords of Damocles hanging over them. These are the threats of the government. Like up here in uh, northern Idaho, uh, we have some some uh, tin horn uh, rulers. The Oregon Panhandle Health Department, or not Oregon, but the Panhandle Health Department from Idaho, uh, they think that they are gods. And they have mandated, mandated that all citizens above the age of two wear a mask at all times. Basically, we've told them to uh, take their mask and roll it in a tube, grease it well. Well, you get the idea. So we're not going to wear a mask. We don't have to worry about it. We know the truth behind this this uh, pandemic, and that's why people are unfortunately moving up here in droves. We don't need any more Californians to destroy this area uh, as they've already done it. But this is what happens, and and it's not just here. It's everywhere. It's everywhere that isn't where the main cities are. So that always remember this the tale of the sword of Dam- Damocles. And I'm sure you can find variants of that on the internet. All right, now we're going to get into food and health. A little bit in that, not a whole bunch. In, at Survival Enterprises, we sell vitamin D, we sell zinc, we sell a bunch of all, all kinds of stuff. One of the things that I've known about with my medical studies over the decades is that vitamin D helps build up your immune system to where you can fight off coronaviruses. I'm not talking about this this BS commie construct called SARS-2 coronavirus-19. I'm talking about the common cold and the flu. There's, the, there's 
I've seen five articles this week alone that talk about how vitamin D could, could reduce risk of coronavirus by up to 90%. If you don't take anything else, if you don't believe, quote unquote, in vitamins and minerals, the least you should be doing is taking vitamin D and zinc. And I don't mean Flintstone zinc or pretend vitamins. I mean good quality vitamin D and zinc. That will build your immune system up to the point where you can actually fight off this stuff. I would say it would give you a 90 to 95% better chance of not getting it. Now, when this whole pandemic started out, this phony expert called Fauci, which is already, he's already been discredited. He's an anti-Trumper. He hates America. He hates the Constitution. He's in this for the, for the money. And he pushed hard to not have hydroxychloroquine validated as an actual treatment or preventative to any COVID. It's used all over the world. Africa has the lowest levels of COVID-19 sicknesses because they take COVID, they take hydroxychloroquine on a daily basis because they have a lot of malaria there. So this Fauci guy, I got the I have the article. It uh he could have cost a quarter million lives worldwide or more. This is the thing, this whole thing. And I've been seeing this. I'm old enough to where I can see the plan. I can see how it works and I can see the problems that humans have in believing their authority figures. Last week, I played a little clip that was a, from a, a comedian about how we have to believe our authority figures. Well, if you do, you'll die. And the authority figures have plans. They have these so-called authority figures. Most of them are globalists. They believe that the earth should have one government. Now, here's, here's the thing. I don't really mind if the world has one government. As long as each individual area has their own separate uh, magistrates and rulers and governors, because everybody everywhere is different. North Idaho is different than South Idaho. You can't have the same rules for both areas. Like you can't have the same rules in a psychotic area like San Francisco, like uh, in Wyoming. You can't. It doesn't work. So if you want to have one big government that looks out for the earth, that's fine. As long as all the local areas can have their own representatives. But these guys, no, they, they're, it's, it's the major, major communist push of we know what's best for you. Shut up and live or die. That depends on our mood, meaning them. And they push all kinds of different plans to do that. And the problem is, is that people are susceptible to this programming. They're very, very susceptible to brainwashing. Now, it took 100 years in the public school system in the United States to create idiots. And I, I, I don't care what you think about the public school system. The fact of the matter is it's been putting out people who are illiterate. My brother graduated high school, could not read his diploma. That, that's a graduated person in the United States. The problem is people now, because of that, believe too much stuff they don't check themselves they don't if somebody comes to me and says all volkswagen bugs leak oil hmm now if i wasn't educated i might agree yep all volkswagen bugs leak oil and i have had people say oh yeah you're right all all volkswagen bugs leak oil all diesel motors leak oil you know that's just an example 
And then I I look at him and say, you know, you're out of your mind because I own a Volkswagen Bug 1959 and it doesn't leak a drop. I've owned many diesel engines. You know why? You know why any engine leaks oil? Because there's a leak. So you find the leak and you fix it. Duh. But there are too many people who fall for that kind of brainwashing. We have this guy named Ice Age Farmer. Uh, his name's Christian. He's following all of these plans in his realm, which is food. He's following all of this stuff and food. And he's picking out these points of propaganda. And he brings them to our attention before they, uh, they act on them, the government acts on them. And this is one part that you're going to want to listen to. There is a population of 6 million super pigs descending across the United States right now. They are wreaking havoc to the tune of $2.5 billion to crops each year. But that's just the beginning. Worse yet, they are carrying an absurd number of diseases. And they're getting violent, these super pigs that we've never heard about before. But suddenly, the USDA is talking quite a bit about them. And then, more impressively, a huge number of media, scores of media outlets, local media, U.S media, international media, all parroting these same talking points about the diseased, filthy super pigs in the U.S., right on the heels of African swine fever being announced in Germany. And yes, there's a relationship there. What's going on here? Whenever you see hundreds of media outlets talking about something overnight like that, just as we did with the Chinese mystery seeds, you can rest assured that there is an agenda at play behind this. And ladies and gentlemen, today I will submit to you that that agenda is this food false flag that I've been warning about, this looming event that will decimate the food supply for one, but will also give credence to these calls to end animal agriculture agriculture, which is their stated goal, just in case you're looking for means, motive, and opportunity to commit a crime like this, all are present today. So if you are eating any breakfast meats this morning, you're going to want to put them away for this next story. The meat you eat may soon be less safe than you think, thanks to a change in rules for pork inspection, now set to roll out nationwide under the Trump administration. When you open your package of meat, what you're going to get for a pathogen is going to be a mystery. What are pathogens? Those are the things that make you sick, like E. coli and salmonella. And under this pilot program, those things could potentially enter into our food. Correct. And the technocrats have a problem, because while they desperately want to take total control over our food supply, people don't really want to eat trash. They don't really want to eat upcycled food and lab-grown meat. So even though in 2020, while there's been a global pandemic and the global economy has suffered more than it has since World War II, but somehow there is a sole exception, one industry that remains not only untouched, but accelerated its progress this year, and that industry is the food replacement industry. The innovative food sector, cultured, fake, lab-grown, clean meat, which they had to call it clean meat because now they're making the case that real meat is dirty meat. See how that's working out there? Plant-based fermented proteins, novel ingredients. That's the upcycled trash that they're now going to force down your throat. This is what TechCrunch referred to as the $10 billion food replacement industry with the stated goal of replacing or supplementing traditional methods of growing food. But the problem is that people don't want it. Even Gen Z, when asked 
just now in a study said that 72% of us really don't want to eat your trash. We just don't like lab-grown meat. It's disgusting. So what are you going to do? If your social engineering efforts, your persistent nudging, your appeals to climate change and saving the earth, your demands that we think about the think about the animals and the suffering that we've caused them, none of it's working. We, we just can't socially engineer our way out of the situation. So we're going to have to raise the stakes. We're going to have to have an event, something actually that we've seen all of the predictive programming for already right? With all of the, the next pandemic is already coming. It's going to come out of a meat plant and it's going to kill half of humanity. I've covered this scaremongering, this true fear porn from the mainstream media talking about how we're all going to die and it's going to be because of meat. Not to mention the fact, remember, they blame, they, they continue to blame COVID-19 on, on the, the food system, on Chinese meat supply in that wet market. Despite all the evidence to the contrary, they're sticking to that narrative because this is the goal, the takeover of the food supply. And so I've asked the question, and there's, there's really no way to boil it down. I'm just going to take you through this. I've asked the question, all right, it's not working. Gen Z even doesn't want the fake meat. Are we about to witness this food false flag? Some zoonotic disease, right? We've got Fauci talking about biodiversity and zoonoses. We've got tons of the predictive programming. And now super pigs have arrived. Now the vector has appeared on the scene. Means, motive, opportunity. It's all here. We are witnessing a major food false flag transpire right now. Now that we have these super pigs coming on stage, and I do mean it is a performance, this is a script. From Fox, rising populations of wild hogs are worrying experts. Many are deeming these things super pigs. That is because the wild boars have mated with domestic farm animals that have been bred to be in heat at all times and uh, have tons of babies, have huge litter sizes. So we have wild hogs that are very survivable, very rugged, combining with huge litter sizes. And that's why all of a sudden there's millions and millions of super pigs. And apparently, as I mentioned, they also carry an absurd number of diseases. So you could not engineer a better vector for this new attack on our food system than these super pigs. And more to the point, again, the pigs act as disease carriers. They host more than 30 viral and bacterial diseases, including coronavirus, the cold virus, not COVID-19, as well as scores of parasites. So these walking, survivable, highly breeding, disease petri dishes are walking around everywhere. They are doing damage to crops, but that's the least of our concerns, according to the media right now. And again, look at Newsweek's language. Everyone needs to worry about this. What are they broadcasting here? What are they setting the stage? They're telling you, they're telegraphing that we are in the midst of a major false flag operation, an attack on our meat supply that achieves all of the agendas we've talked about, the end of animal agriculture, the appeal to shutting down farms to restore biodiversity, because even as Fauci is now talking about, and the UN has talked about for, for decades now, this is why we're getting pandemics, it's because of farms and ranches, and just look at the coverage. Media outlet after media outlet. Here's the Daily Star in the UK. Like I said, international media, even abroad, talking about how the US is now having this ticking time bomb. A feral swine bomb. Do you see in the language here? The headline language itself even says there's a ticking time bomb. Everyone needs to be worried. It's out of control. They're super pigs. They're carrying diseases. It's very clear that this has been contrived in order to deliver on this food false flag. All right, so where does this go from here? Well, have to watch it play out, but 
we should at least consider the fact that African swine fever has just been revealed, if you believe it. I, I don't even care if you believe this is a real virus or not. Let's set that aside if this is just more of the you know, fake tests and now we're going to shut down agriculture because that's exactly what Germany did. Completely unlike China, which they had to cull half of their pigs over there, but they never shut down crop production. Why would you do that? That's ridiculous. As I covered in a previous report, the fact that Germany has decided to put a ban on agriculture and forestry, and it's not it's no longer just a harvest ban. This now extends, now that they found three more dead pigs, they've now extended this to even a sowing ban. So the 182 farms that are within these 33,000 hectares of farmland in Germany, they're done. You can not plant seeds, you cannot harvest your crops. As I mentioned, these fully mature cornfields provide both food and shelter to the pigs. So it's this is the opposite of how you would actually handle a legitimate outbreak. This is an irrational response unless you view it in light of the agenda to shut down the food supply and take total control. And so now, while the world is looking at COVID-19, all of a sudden, Germany starts to shut down its agriculture. We found a dead pig. There's a dead pig here. Stop. 183 farms shut down. And ladies and gentlemen, they fully expect, they have told us, they fully expect this African swine fever in Germany to expand, just as it did in a matter of weeks across China. The timeline is extremely rapid. So Germany has now set the precedent. We're going to shut down farms wherever we find a dead pig. We expect it to spread. That means that they have, again, they have contrived, they have devised this handbrake with which they can throttle down agricultural production. What better way, if you are looking through the eyes of the controllers, to work with this? Because if you just completely shut down food, then everything goes crazy. We lose order. No one has control anymore. It goes Mad Max, and nobody wants that. The technocrats want control, but they also want you to see the food system failing, right? So that they can walk you through the problem, reaction, oh, fake food solution. Problem, reaction, famine is where we are now. They're shutting down the food supply but it's a controlled demolition and this throttle allows them to very precisely control the area the number of acres of farmland that they shut down they just throw a dead pig over there shut down those farms keep these running until next season it's it's quite clever what's going on here and so now we can wholly expect this to appear in the United States. As I mentioned, as you see usually with these kinds of things, the USDA and other federal agencies have already been performing drills, simulations, what happens if uh, African swine fever were to arrive here. Here's a simulation exercise that was carried out a year ago to the day, uh, September 23rd of 2019, 14 states got together and pretended that African swine fever got here. And what are we going to do? Well, we're going to shut down the farms. We're going to keep kill off all the pigs. We're going to turn off meat production. They're going to accelerate the demise of United States food production. And I will mention also that this narrative predates COVID-19. Here's some coverage from ABC about the fact that, these, that Trump's administration imposed some changes on the hog pipeline that makes us all more susceptible, more vulnerable to a zoonotic infection coming via the meat supply. That's right. Good morning. And just to be clear, this is the biggest change we've seen in the way that our food is inspected in more than 50 years. And it all starts this month. The consumers being duped that believe that it actually is getting federally inspected when there's no one there to even watch or do anything about anything. Both inspectors work at a pork plant in the Midwest, one of the first to adopt the pilot program. They say the changes have been dramatic. There's not enough time to react to situations that arise. 
got 2.6 seconds per carcass. To inspect the yeah. entire hog. Yes. You can't really see very much in that time. So there's a lot of contamination heading out the door. As long as they feel like they can get away with it, they will. When you open your package of meat, what you're going to get for a pathogen is going to be a mystery. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we absolutely have motive. The technocrats have broadcast their intentions to take over the food supply. They want to end openly. They want to end animal agriculture. They want to fuse this link that the Rockefeller Foundation has put out there in their reset the table, part of the great reset from the World Economic Forum, that food and health are now one and the same thing. Finally, the Rockefellers recognize that it does matter. Nutrition actually is important. And so we need to expand our medical martial law into the food itself and just take over everything. This is a totalitarian takeover of everything right now. They want tighter biosecurity controls. They want to deliver on the zoonotic threat so that we can herd people into the smart cities and insist on rewilding the farms. All of these agendas that we've outlined here on the channel are absolutely served by this food false flag that now the super pigs are the new vector for it. We've seen the the motives. We've seen that predictive programming around the the next pandemic will come from the meat supply and kill people. We've been promised a pandemic too in the near future, right about now, in fact. And now, lo and behold, super pigs arrive on the scene. The vector for this infection has been introduced. Please keep your eye on this narrative. Watch for the trigger to be pulled, for this food false flag to be executed in the near future so that they can deliver on the, the agendas that they've put forward openly. You can find this report and all my reports at iceagefarmer.com. Now we're going to get into the liberal psychosis. Uh, this is the uh, this is a, the category about the uh, party of racism, intolerance, anger, hate, violence, fear, and communism. In other words, the Democrats. You know, the police don't know which end is up. You get a cop that a woman grabs his taser. Now, a taser in certain states has already been designated as a lethal weapon. So he shoots her, and then he gets arrested. Then some wacko attacks the police. Of course, he's a black man, but he's crazy, has a knife, and won't stop. They beg him to stop, and they end up having to shoot him. This, these are just some examples. This is happening all over the United States. Because the communists took over the United States, basically when, with, with Clinton, and it got worse and worse and worse, those with, shall we say, a lack of morals, has now, they have now become emboldened. So what they're doing is they're, they're, uh, they're threatening everyone around them, and then they get angry if somebody stands up to them. The Chicago police have been targeted, targeted meaning shot at, five times more than normal. <laughs> there should no, there should not be a normal. Uh, the, the chief of police in Chicago was upset about this, and he said, "I don't understand why, why, why are the blacks attacking? And it's blacks. Why are the blacks attacking us so much? We're just here to help them." But then again, you got the head of the NAACP uh, in Chicago, and he's just another. POS racist says that there is no such thing as blue lives. No lives, no lives matter except black lives matter. Minneapolis, 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 you know, they decided to defund the, the uh, police. And uh, so did Portland. And now both Minneapolis and Portland are going, what the hell's going on? Why is crime gone up 30 to 60%? We don't understand. It's just incomprehensible. It is to a to a communist, but then again, Seattle just hired this thug. This guy is a pimp. 
He's a black racist. You know, I've yet to see in the news a white racist. They're all black. Anyway, Seattle can't figure out why everything's going wrong. They, they just have no clue what's happening in Seattle, especially when they had the, uh, the the communist takeover, what they call the chop zone or the chop city or whatever the hell they want to call it. So they get this guy. He's an ex-pimp. He's an activist. Uh, his, his name is Andre Taylor. And they're paying him $150,000, calling him the city street czar. And his job is to offer alternatives to policing. You know, there's there's an old story about how a leopard can't change his spots. And a communist by any other name is just as stupid. They have no freaking clue what's going on. And as a matter of fact, that's the same same uh, idea uh, that a woman named Katie Hopkins came up with. She's uh, she's from the UK. She's a commentator, blogger, and all of this. And she went and heard about the George Floyd Memorial in Minneapolis. So she decided to go there and, and try and figure out what it was all about. So I'm here at the George Floyd Memorial, the site of uh, where George Floyd died. Um, behind me is the cut food stores where everything happened and these streets are now all blocked off uh, for two blocks together with a list of demands. One of the things that really strikes you when you're here is that the demands aren't clear. In fact, I'd say this and I'd level it to every single protester, Black Lives Matter protesters, to every football star taking a knee or raising a fist. And I'd say to you all, with all your street blockades and your flowers and your barriers and your slogans and your graffiti and your burnt out stores and your nonsense. You don't really know what you want. But I guess my question to people as I sit here at the place where George Floyd died is why is it that black lives only matter when white people are involved? And why don't black lives matter in Chicago where so many people are killed every night but no one seems to want to talk about that? And why don't the Black Lives Matter of all those people on Skid Row who sleep there every night? And what is it about holding this one man up as some sort of resurrection of Jesus Christ when we all know now, having seen the footage, that he said he couldn't breathe before the police were even involved? There's lots of questions that stay unanswered. But I think, as my driver said on the way up here today, the truth of it is that this city has had enough. Leaving this um, George Floyd memorial area, one of the things you really notice or that really strikes you is that these guys don't know where they're going with this. Okay, now we've roped off two blocks of the city. Okay, and now we've put graffiti on all these buildings. Okay, and now we've lit some candles. Okay, and now we're on our knees. Okay, now we've made a fist sign at the air. Okay, and now what is all I want to yell down this place? And now what? What do you want? What are you going to do? What are you going to achieve? What are you going to do? Go and burn some more stuff. You're going to go and burn another pharmacy. Are you? Takes the more stuff away from the very poorest black people. Where is all this going? It's my message to footballers as well, or Lewis Hamilton, or any other spoiled who thinks they're part of this movement. You call it a movement, you're not going anywhere. All they know to do next, without an actual purpose or a point, is to destroy some more stuff. And after Trump wins, and on the 4th of November here in Minneapolis, I think that's exactly what they're going to do. All right, most of you know the name Brianna Taylor. 
or some of you do. Most of you don't care. But there was a warrant, a search warrant that was they were attempting to serve the police, and uh, they they uh, knocked on the door and announced themselves, and then opened the door, and then. Uh, Gunfire erupted from inside the house, and the police officers returned fire and killed this uh, this woman. And she was black. So she became another episode in the It's All Whitey's Fault game. Uh, and they're using her as an, uh, another murder suspect by a white policeman. Just so you know, I have the actual police file on that. I'm going to post it on my website. You guys can go read this whole uh, investigation and see exactly what happened, the truth behind it. Brianna Taylor was a uh, treasurer for drug gangs, and uh, everyone she knew, she ran in the typical black neighborhood of gangs, uh, whores, drug use, alcohol, I mean, the whole nine yards of scum. And the blacks, as uh, Candace Owens said, blacks are the only people that will uh, revere the lowest of their race. And so this is what the communists are using in the United States as an excuse uh, now, uh, Brianna, and they're claiming she was murdered. And that, you know, there was a, a grand jury that took all of the data, all of the reports, and realized this was a good shoot. The police had to defend themselves because gunfire erupted from the inside of the apartment while they were trying to serve a warrant. All right, so right after a, a attorney general, who was black, announced that they were not filing charges against the two shooters, the p- two police officers, things started to happen. All right, there were, I don't know, a couple hundred to 500 uh, semi-humanoid creatures of all races were waiting around outside to hear how Whitey was going to uh, whitewash this whole thing and how another black woman got murdered, blah, blah, blah. Well, they're waiting for the findings from the, uh, from the, uh, the attorney general. Now, most of them were wearing a white shirt that said uh, justice for Brianna. Okay. As soon as the AG came out and explained the whole thing, I said, look, grand juries operate in, in secrecy. They have to. But this is the reality of it. And they explained the reality of it, that the two shooters were not going to be arrested or charged. And the third officer was being charged with wanton, um, oh, I don't know what it was. He was he fired into another apartment. Nobody got hurt, but he, he, he's, got a, he's going to have to face trial on that, which will be thrown out. There's no problem with that. So instantly, all of these creatures started marching. And magically, their white t-shirts turned into black Antifa shirts and Black Lives Matter shirts. And a U-Haul truck was conveniently parked right there where they started to rush to and started to pull out 4 by 8 uh, signs, abolish police, uh, you know, I mean, all kinds of uh, stupid communist crap. And they were pulling out shields and helmets and riot armor and all kinds of things. Apparently, a U-Haul employee who had rented the truck to Holly Zoller, uh, a woman, uh, a blonde woman, white woman, and he had rented the truck to her and uh, 
contacted an investigatory group and said, look, this, this, this woman rented this truck from us and, and this, here's her phone number and here's all her information because we want, we have nothing to do with this. Don't blame us about this. Don't, don't, don't tell anybody that we're part of this. So this investigator called this woman up and claimed that he was with U-Haul and that he wanted to uh, find out what was going on. And she said, oh, yeah, 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 I did it. Uh, I'm part of the, the bail project. You ever heard the term bail project? This is another one of these convenient communist organizations funded by George Soros and the rest of the communists in the United States and worldwide. And they uh, bail out all of their, uh, their fellow communists that get arrested in any of these riots. And this woman acknowledged that she filled that thing, that truck with everything, and then left it there. Riot shields sticks, weapons, you name it, and signs. Now, who helps with the, uh, who funds this uh, this, this zone, this uh, organization? Okay, the Bail Project is uh, part of Antifa, and they've received millions of dollars from Bill Gates, UMG, Jack Dorsey. There are hundreds. You name a person who nobody likes, like George Soros. These are the people that are funding this organization. Millions and millions of dollars. Dorsey is the CEO of Twitter. And then you also have the head of YouTube and Google and, and uh, oh God, there's so many things, Universal Music Group, that's, that's who UMG is. They're funding this. They're sending money to these people. These are, these are millions of dollars, millions of dollars that are being funded for the destruction of the United States. There's no question about this. This Black Lives Matter is phony. It has nothing to do with black lives. It, it, all it has to do with is the destruction of, of uh, the United States. There is nothing else that it has to do with. So what they're doing is they're pushing hard to expand the riots. They're having them pre-position these trucks they're renting U-Haul trucks and they're filling them with signs and weapons and clothing and food and water for all of these rioters. The Attorney General of the United States needs to, needs to file charges of treason and sedition against everyone who donates money to these organizations because we know what they are. We know what these organizations are. You know, the, the problem we have in the United States is is um, is very sad and uh, and why I say this is because the, the black race in the United States is being used as dupes. They're willing dupes. You have the blacks who don't want any part of it. They're complacent. And they are just as bad because they won't stand up to the other ones. And what's happening is they're doing what they're told to do because they think there's, there's some short-term uh, income that they can get from this. And granted, George Soros does pay well for rioters, but what's happening is the blacks are, are creating their own uh, graves, and they're allowing white people to do it. And why do I say that? You look at these riots, 95% of the people in the riots aren't black, unless it's in the middle of Minneapolis, or you know, or unless it's in the middle of Chicago. Mostly, it's about 90, 95% whites. These are pure communists. And the blacks are nothing more than dupes. They're still on the, on the plantation. The Democrats have never allowed them off. 
And the problem is, is that they, they're going to reap the whirlwind. Sooner or later, people are going to say enough of this crap, and then they will start shooting. There's no questions about it. This is not going to be handled in the court. This is not going to be handled by some judge or mayor or even a governor. This is going to be handled by a population that's had enough of this crap and wants to get back on with life and wants to have a business and are tired of being told they're racist for telling the blacks to sit down and shut up like somebody should have done it in the first place. I'm sure you know who Colin Kaepernick is. So as soon as this Brianna thing broke loose, he comes out and says, oh, it's white supremacists. White supremacy controls all the police departments in the United States. This is the kind of crap that we listen to, unfortunately, people hear. When you hear celebrities condemn everyone but the cause of the problem, people start, they believe this stuff. They get brainwashed. Let me give you a couple ideas. One of these is, is this clip. There's a, One of these is from The View. I, I don't even want to explain exactly what she is. This is the kind of racist crap we have to listen to. And then CNN's Don Lemon, who is not just a racist, but he's a moron. You know, you hear all of this coming from the Trump campaign about how black people have nothing to lose and they are going to overwhelmingly vote for Trump. And you had all the black people props all over the RNC talking about all the stuff they've done for, for the black community. So in other words, any black that dares associate with the uh, Republican National Committee or as a Republican is a prop. You hear that, guys? If you're black and you have anything to do with the Republicans, you're a prop. Everybody sticks We're going to have team. to blow up the entire system. You're going to have to get rid of the Electoral College. Because the people... I don't see it. Uh, because the, the minority in this country decides who the judges are and they decide who the president is. is but you that, need a constitutional amendment to do that. And if Democrats, if Joe Biden wins, Democrats can stack the courts and they can do that amendment and they can get it passed. Well, you that's need two-thirds vote in the Congress and three-quarters of the state legislature. They may be able to do that. Maybe. So now we have this racist communist Don Lemon claiming that uh, the minority, minority which, in his viewpoint, are the whites, elect the president. This is the kind of, of hogwash that people listen to. And they, they hear this. The majority of people with any intelligence listen to this and say, this guy's an idiot. Unfortunately, there is a whole breed of humans on earth that listen to this kind of crap, and they fall for it. They fall for it. And according to statistics... 95% of them are black. Why do I say that? Because 95% of the blacks always vote for a Democrat. They've been so ingrained with the politics of the plantation that they can't get off of it, and they won't get off of it. And that's the sad thing, is they're doing this to themselves. Literally, they're doing it to themselves. And I hear, and you hear this white privilege crap all the time. Oh, you're doing this because of your white privilege. There was a video uh, from some black woman who was walking in the aisleway of an airplane and wouldn't let a hostess buy her, a stewardess buy her, because of the stewardess's white privilege. Well, I'll tell you what. i got this guy here who uh, explains exactly what white privilege is to him. So unless y'all been living under a rock... There's been a new favorite word in 2020. It's called privilege. 
Let me explain to y'all what privilege really is. You ain't get the definition from anywhere else, you're gonna get it right here. Privilege is wearing $200 sneakers when you ain't ever had a job. Having $300 beat headphones, living on public assistance. Privilege is having a smartphone that you receive no bill for, living in public subsidized housing where you have no water bill when the rise in property costs and rents and energy have absolutely no effect on the amount of food you can put on a table. Privilege is the ability to go march and protest against anything that triggers you and not have to worry about calling out of work or what kind of repercussions that might have on you. Privilege is having as many children as you want, regardless of your employment status. Privilege is sending your kids to school for the before school programs and the breakfast you get and keeping them there for the after school programs at no cost to you paid for the people who do have to deal with rising taxes and costs. I've had the privilege of working hard and living a life of obeying the law. I made my own privilege. You know what it's called? It's called hard work. I've got a nice house, a bunch of land, a bunch of toys out there on that land. Ran around with some of the biggest celebrities in country music and did it starting from the back of a dadgum tailgate. Accumulating over 130 million views now, 750,000 social media followers. That took me over 10 years of grinding like there's no tomorrow with the hope that there was a light at the end of that beautiful capitalist tunnel. If you work every day and live within your means, your privilege is going to be your family, what you've earned, that nest egg enjoying the one day retirement that you'll have. But I guess what they want to say now is you're privileged if you stayed in school and got a job and worked hard and contributed to society and stayed out of trouble and you weren't a burden to anybody else. That, that means you're privileged now. It's something else, America. The good news is this will all backfire. There it is. That's the real definition of being privileged and you ain't going to hear it on CNN. So I got some things here on the government threat. Okay, that's that's a category. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Data's out. All information is proven that Chinese uh, government released the COVID-19 virus as a form of bio-warfare. The structure of the virus itself, and we've talked about this before, is that it affects those with comorbidities. That means you have more than two uh, different problems with your body. You, you know, you're not only morbidly obese, but you're diabetic. Uh, you you, you uh, have other heart problems, you have kidney problems, you have all these different problems, right? You have a higher chance of it affecting you. But the reality is that this affects most of the deaths are from people 80 years old and older. Now, the United States is the most compassionate country on earth. We've proven it for hundreds of years. So when... We're, our attention is pulled off of everything except this disease because of our compassion. Then the Chinese can do what they want in every other part of the world. And this is being shown right now. Over in China, in Tibet. China took over Tibet. We did nothing. This is years ago. They have put over 500,000 Tibetans in uh, Chinese re-education camps. They call them re-education camps. They're labor camps. And they use them for free labor. This, Or we would rephrase that as slave labor. Uh, over 50% of all the products that come out of China are manufactured by slave labor. Not just actual slaves. But it's the information is coming out that there are people that are being arrested 
put in prison camps and ordered to make things. Like in the United States, they used to use a prison uh, population to manufacture license plates. And now any, any printer... Any printer, any computer printer can print out the license plates now. They're no longer embossed. They're just printed. In fact, my son has a license plate that the printing is coming off. So pretty soon all he's going to have is a piece of tin on the back of his car. China, okay, communism is like Islam. Its intent is to take over the world. So these communists are infiltrating every facet of American society, including the Parent and Teachers Association, the PTA. Chinese communism is infiltrated the PTA. We know that it's infiltrated the National Education Association, the NEA. But now it's going into the PTA, and it's a simple thing. And they, they have different uh, curriculum that they insidiously get into educational uh, facilities within the United States. This is this happens in California. This happens in New York. This happens. This happens everywhere. I mean, this is everywhere. I, I could do a whole show on this, and I'm not going to because you know what? If it happens, it happens. If it happens, it's because people are too stupid to pay attention, and we get what we deserve. But, ladies and gentlemen, now is a great time as any. Get your kids out of the damn schools and keep them out. You've lose. You lose them. You lose them. Every time you allow them to stay in a public school, you will lose your child unless you have taught him from birth what freedom is. The World Bank, and I did I just found this out, I didn't know at all. The World Bank, an international monetary fund, goes around and gives money to different countries that are having problems with this this uh, bio-warfare from China. And the president of Belarus Lukashenko, Lukashenko, and he uh, blew the whistle on it. He said, look, what, they want to give us money, yeah, but then they, they want to us to shut everything down. They're ordering us to perform along with their ideals. I won't take the money. I won't take the money. And this is happening in many different nations. They're saying, no, we're not taking the money because we're not going to do what the hell you want. That's insane. This is all, all of this, all of it. Is nothing more than a means of control. That's all it is. That's the basic of it. Now you know there's all these different pay systems you can use. You can have a, a, a take your your a cell phone and you can have a an app on it and you can hold it down onto the charge machine and pay for your coffee or you know there's all these different things that's happening. And I get I get documentation both from the Department of Homeland Security and some of their what they call stakeholders. These are companies that uh, are being funded by them or given grants or loans or that kind of stuff. Well, now, and I, I, I'm just shaking my head when I see this. This is a company called Pop ID, and it's the first perfect face pay network where this not only scans your iris. Not only scans your eyes, not only scans your lips. These are all biomarkers. Different, they're like fingerprints. And not only scans your nose, your ears, it scans your whole face. It scans your whole face, and that's how you pay for things now. That's how you access doors. That's how you get on the airplane. It scans your whole face. I don't know why I think that's uh, astounding. Yeah, okay, now we're getting into the Trump. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she died. She was a Supreme Court justice. She was a man-hater. 
she uh, was a pervert. She her whole intent was the destruction of the American uh, concept of morals, integrity, and religious beliefs. She hated everything that wasn't communistic or destructive. So she's she died. And of course, where she is, it's just a, a, a slight flame. Uh, it's not really on fire. It's hmm, I'm sure she's comfortable, but. The communists out there are saying that Trump should not replace uh, replace her. Uh, it, it, that should be up to the uh, next president. At least that's what they say now. The American people deserve a fully staffed court of nine. The president nominates and then the Senate advises and consents or not, but they go forward with the process. What we're seeing here, and I hope this is temporary, is a disrespect for the Constitution. The Constitution is 100% clear. The president of the United States has the right to nominate someone to be a justice of the Supreme Court. Senate's function is to hold hearings and to vote. The block on filling a naturally occurring vacancy, in my view, is harmful to the independence of the Article Three branch. You cannot keep a seat on the Supreme Court, which represents all of us. You cannot keep it vacant against the Constitution. Do pretty much everything they can to avoid acknowledging the legitimacy of our democratically elected president. The American people expect the president's nominee to be given a fair hearing and a timely vote in the Senate. Every day that goes by without a ninth justice is another day the American people's business is not getting done. I say to you, do your job. Vote for a Supreme Court nominee. Instead of just saying the blanket rule is no matter who you are, no matter what your qualifications, because you were sent by this president, we will create a unique rule for you and refuse to entertain you. One of the most important um, consequences of who is president of the United States is who sits on the United States Supreme Court. If you want to stop extremism in your party, you can start by showing the American people that you respect the President of the United States and the Constitution. The American people deserve a fully staffed court of nine. Well, I tell you, this sure threw a, a, a monkey wrench into the works for the uh, communists. They thought that they were going to ride through the election with just claiming that uh, Trump was a racist and and a hate monger and all of this crap. Now, now they got to mess around with this. He's going to put it somebody else in he's going to put another uh, supreme court uh female in well we'll see what happens with that but i can you know this is we are living under the curse the chinese curse may you live in interesting times i'd rather not have interesting i'd rather have a cool day and a beer instead so somebody sent a letter addressed to trump with uh, the the poisoned ricin in it now you know if you're going to do something stupid like that at least you can do is be smart enough to not get caught. But this, it was a woman that sent it to Trump. She lived in Canada. She was arrested. She was arrested coming into the United States. She lives in Canada. She sends a poisoned letter with ricin in it to Donald Trump. And then she decides to cross the border. You know, and she got arrested, of course, this is these people are utterly stupid and and i guess it it transcends all borders unfortunately trump has been talking about and so have all republicans talking about 
the this problem that's going to be happening with the ballots, these mail-in ballots. Now, I played a show sometime back, not too far this year, that actually explained to you the fact that the Democrat Party is a party of fraud. And it explained all of the fraud that the Democrats have pulled in the past 100 years. In fact, longer, 150 years. They've been pulling this crap for years and years and years. And they come out and they say, there is no there is no ballot voting fraud. There is no mail-in fraud. There's nothing that's ridiculous. Trump's making it up. Except, oh, let's see, in California, in a dumpster, they found thousands, thousands of ballots thrown in a dumpster. I bet you can't guess... Uh, Are they all Republican or are they Democrat? There's Democrats now in Texas. They're being charged with 134 counts of voter fraud. Uh, And, of course, they're, like I said, the Democrats. The FBI has found military mail-in ballots that were thrown away in a ditch. Speaking of ditch, mail found in a ditch in Greenville. Just thrown away. This is happening nationwide. We're not finding them all. But there is an election watchdog organization that is checking voter rolls. And so far, in 42 states, they found 350,000 dead people, all voting Democrat, still on rolls. My son brings me in some information addressed to his where he lives. And it uh, it's to two different people who were on the rolls no longer. We have... I counted, I counted 23 or 24 different articles nationwide of ballots being mailed to a person who doesn't live at the, a house any longer. Or one house got a hundred, a hundred uh, ballots in the mail. They're coming to everywhere. This is going to be the largest fraudulent uh, election in the United States history. And unfortunately... Too many people have the inability to exhibit critical thinking. They have the inability and unwillingness to evaluate truth from untruth. It's a, they'll see they'll see uh, some article on the communist news network CNN or any of the other communist news networks about how uh, Trump is just trying to uh, steal the election, uh, how this isn't fair, how we're going to have to sue because Trump violated this or violated that, or or he touched a, a woman's pee-pee uh, 42 years ago, so now he, he has to be arrested and impeached. Or, well, we need another six months so that we can go through all the ballots and make sure that, that everybody who registered as a Republican actually was legal. This is going to get to the point, well, it's going to get to the point that it was over 200 years ago when the citizens of the United States had to stand up and take control. There's not a question that's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. This is why I've been telling you for years, you damn well better have your, your, uh, your stuff together. You damn well better have what you're going to need, what you think you're going to need. You know, I, I don't know. I... Too many people, I've told this to too many times, just have come in after listening to, to me for five years and say, you know, I, I think I want to start buying some food now. Do you still sell it? And I, no, I stopped selling it six years ago. And there's a reason. We were the second largest food supplier in the United States till about six, seven years ago. And then the manufacturers said, well, you know, we don't need you anymore. 
we can go directly to the public on the internet. And they did. So what do I do? I refer people to the, the different vendors on the internet and say, go there and buy your stuff. But you damn well better buy it. You need to make sure you have some food. You're to the point where it's almost too late. And that's sad. Because everybody, we care for everybody. You know, my, me, my wife, my son, every person that comes in this store, we care about you. And when you come in this store and you tell us that you've been an idiot for a long time, and now that you now you think that uh, a, a simple couple hundred dollar purchase is going to save your asses when the Schumer hits the fan, what you know? What do you want? What do you want? What do you expect me to say? I do what we can to help everyone, but there is a point in life where your choices are going to bite you in your ass, one way or the other. And this is something I learned too late like you know strangely enough most people do what you do or don't do now is going to come back within 10 years and bite you in the ass literally i taught my son that doesn't matter he's still getting his ass chewed by his own actions or inactions and this is what happens to everyone what you do or don't do is going to affect you so what you want to do is use some critical thinking some common sense and make sure that you have everything that you're going to need, that you think you're going to need, or that you want. You've got to be prepared. Maybe nothing's going to happen. You know what? Maybe nothing's going to happen. Maybe all of these prophecies, all of these ideas of things that are bad, that are going to happen. You know something? I'm going to tell you right now. The Schumer's hitting the fan somewhere right now. We have people that email me saying, yeah, my business, I opened a barbershop. In Cincinnati, it's burnt down. People who had little restaurants in Portland, they're gone. They're burnt to the ground. And you know, if you have business insurance, you might want to check and see if it's uh, uh, if it covers acts of terror or riots or, in, or this kind of stuff. Because insurance companies are refusing to pay a lot of these claims. If you live in a city that's ran by a communist mayor, get the hell out. They will not protect you. They will not. Their job is solely to subjugate you and to have you pay taxes to them. That's it. The United States is on its last legs. We're on thin ice. I'm sure I can find many other platitudes to, to give you, but literally we're on thin ice. And the ice is, and the temperature is being turned up right now as we speak. So as soon as Trump announces uh, how soon that they're going to vote on the, the new uh, Supreme Court justice, you can expect to to see an acceleration in these riots and the the destruction. You will not see anything helping those who live in areas controlled by communists, such as Oregon, Washington, California, uh, and you name the states. What is it? Forty-seven states, forty-two states controlled by communists. Or uh, yeah, that's a little that's a little ridiculous. Well, if if Biden gets elected, well, you know what? This is what Biden has to say about, you know, him and and, uh, Kamala. She's so damn bright and knowledgeable. I mean, she's ready to be president on day one if if somebody uh, pushed them off a roof or something. Does anyone, anyone, anyone honestly believe that he can function as a president of the United States for even a month? So what's 
going to be voted on is not whether he's going to be president. It's whether this hate-filled, racist, whatever the hell she is, Kamala Harris, she's the one running for president. She's the one that's going to be taking it over. Her and the rest of the communistic, socialistic uh, creatures in the Senate and in the House. We're in a no-win situation here. No matter what happens, no matter who wins, there will be riotings, there will be insurrections, there will be deaths. And they're going to be... It's it's. Uh, and I, I predict predicted that we have till the middle of October. My son says no. But I predict we have till the middle of October before the stuff really starts hitting the fan. There's a lot of stuff happening in the background that you don't even know about. There's a lot of stuff happening in the background that I don't even know about. But it's a lot of contingency plans on the fact that our our, um, supply chain is going to be stopped, not cut, stopped. Trucking firms will not go into any area where there's riots. It's happening right now. These cities that are having riots are not having trucking firms come in whatsoever. Trucks are stopping on the outside of these cities, and any place that wants the product that's being shipped has to drive out to the outside of the cities and pick them up. This is happening all over the place. There was a problem that popped up about shipping on uh, train tracks, on trains, because somebody was throwing steel uh, steel onto the train tracks and derailing uh, trains in the, in California, so there was there was some information that the trains were stopping for a short period, and there was no, not going to be any any shipping into California on the train tracks. That's changed now, but who knows what's going to happen later? Who knows what's going to happen? By the way, when their electricity goes out, we my store here in Hayden, Idaho. I get people come in every day. I have a sign on the window that says cash only. People come in here and say, I don't have cash. All I have is a debit card. And I just shake my head. What's going to happen if the machines don't work? And don't say they don't. They won't ever happen. It happens all the time somewhere in the world. It's happened numerous times in the United States. A lot of people don't even know it. And I'll tell you something else that went out is the EBT cards. The electronic benefit cards. This is the welfare cards. They went out for three days. There were almost riots in California. All right, now we're going to cover the uh, subject that I wanted to cover this time. I talk about this subject every year, and I'm going to get a jump on it this year. Insulation. I don't know if any of you noticed yet, but it's getting damn cold outside. I woke up this morning, it was 38 degrees, and it's going to be that night, it's going to be that uh, in the morning, it's going to be like, what is it now, it's like 61 degrees. Insulation is basically what you do to uh, houses, castles, uh, motorhomes, trailers, buildings to keep heat in or out and keep cold in or out. You want to be able to control the temperature of where you are. And this is, uh, at this day day and age, it's really expensive if you screw up and do it wrong. To give you an example, when my wife and I first got married, we lived in a one-bedroom, one-bath duplex. If this thing was 600 square foot, uh, we were probably lucky. But it had forced air and heat. So we lived there two months before winter hit. And when winter hit, I set the thermometer at 70 degrees. I don't know, 60, whatever it was. 
And the damn thing was running day in and day out and wouldn't stop running. We were, we were uh, warm, but it would never stop. We got our first bill. Now, remember, this is a part of half of a duplex, maybe 600 square feet, and our bill was $680. And I had, I'm like, it hit the fan. I'm telling you right now. I'm, I, I could not understand what was going on. I called the landlord, and he goes, well, you just used it too much. And I, I called it the uh, utility company, said there's no way in hell it's going to cost $600, even if I rent this thing all the time, to heat up this little, this little half a duplex. So they sent a guy out. Now, this was forced air heat in a closet. So he comes to the house, and he uh, he's looking at it. He goes, well, the filter's fine. This is fine. I don't get any gas leaks. So he goes into the crawl space. The uh, flue. Okay, he, he, you're going to love how this was designed. We have these vents in each room where the heat comes in, and these are in the ceiling. The heater was designed to where it would blow the heat into the crawl space in the attic, And then it would just sort of find its way out the vents. There was no piping, and the landlord knew that. So we we got it fixed. He ended up fixing the damn thing, and the next month it cost us $48 for heat. And I told the, 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 the landlord, I said, I'm not paying it at all in any way, shape, or form. We ended up moving out of there because the landlord was a moron. And he didn't care. But this is the thing that happens. If you don't have areas properly insulated, you're going to lose money in heating and cooling. And not just lose money. You're going to get uh, no heating and no cooling. It depends on where you live. So we're going to cover this. Now, in the old days, we're talking, you know, a couple thousand years ago, whatever. In all the castles, most buildings were built, uh, once we became quote-unquote civilized, were built with stone. Stone's cold. I've lived in stone buildings, and they hold the cold. It could be 100 degrees outside. It'll be 30 degrees cooler indoors. So what the uh, people used to do is, well, they used the most insulated material they had, which was hide or, you know, bare bare, uh, hide and and, uh, rugs and things things like that, you know, critter covers so to speak and they'd hang them from the walls and put them on the floors and they'd even hang them from the ceilings hang them on the ceilings and they used these hides to separate rooms very simple you would have to pull back the hide to get in teepees have it the same way teepees uh they, they they're conical and they have an opening at the top that's anywhere from two to three feet in diameter so that ex- excess heat and smoke can escape that way but they would hang on the inside. They would drape, they would drape uh, uh, cow hides or deer hides or buffalo hides, and and they would have them all over the floor as well. So people have used the concept of insulation for thousands and thousands of years. Now, in the twentieth uh, century, well, nineteenth twentieth century, people when they built houses. They just, you know, you have a siding on the outside, you have a framework, uh, and they didn't even use insulation. They put, uh, they did, uh, building procedure usually was plaster and lath or wood or log. I mean, there's all the different kinds, but they didn't use insulation. Well, people started to think ahead and outside of the box, and they started stuffing their walls full of newspapers and posters, uh, things like that. Theater bills magazines. As a matter of fact, uh, if you ever watched that um, 
what is it, the Antique Roadshow? This woman comes in with these posters that her brother had gotten, and yet he used them in his apartment to insulate the walls with. And the guy was looking at these posters, and these are from the 60s. And he said, well, in, in the condition these in, they're, they're, wor- they're only worth about $1,000 each. And she had like 40 of them. A friend of mine and I decided to run a Rubicon tri- trail uh, years ago. And uh, to make a long story short, while doing so, we found well, it was getting dark, so we want to spend the night somewhere. So we're not going to spend it on the trail because you get these idiots with these 8,000-watt lights that like to run at night. Uh, and I didn't want to get hit, so we found a little trail, and it was just—I mean, literally—it was—it was as white as my VW Bug is, and and uh, we drove it for maybe uh, five minutes. We'd come across a little cabin, and these are linemen's cabins that that uh, pepper up the northwest. They got them all over the place during the winter. You, they can't get in there to fix any down power lines, so they'd hire men to live there, and they lived there for three to six months till the snow melted and they can get out. Well, this was one of those cabins. And in it, when we went in there, the walls were lined with thick newspaper. It was all dated in the 30s. It was probably three inches of newspaper all through those walls. So that's what they used to do. And it's something that you can you can contemplate it for whatever you're living in. Now, most of the time, houses now, in fact, for the past 50 years or so, have fiberglass insulation in the walls. They will have the siding on the outside, they'll have 2 by 4 framing, and then they'll have sheetrock on the inside, and between them, they're going to have roll-out fiberglass. Unfortunately, there's a lot of homes out there with no insulation whatsoever. Now, that's when I say insulation, I'm talking about the stuff that would go in the walls, go in the floors, go in the ceiling, go in the attic, okay? First thing we did when we moved into our house up here, I, I went up into the attic now, we're in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, so it gets a little cold. And I went in the attic, and uh, you, you could see the framework up there, and there was maybe an inch of blow-in insulation. So I went and I went to a yard sale like I do every Friday, and I come across this one yard sale. The guy had five bags, five bags of blow-in insulation he'd bought from Lowe's Hardware, and he wanted $10 a bag. Now, they sell for 20 a bag. And I said, yeah, good deal, not interested. He followed me around like a puppy in heat. And after about 30 minutes, it was a barn sale, so there was a lot to look at. He tells me, he goes, give me 20 bucks, you can have them all. So you bet. I gave him 20 bucks. And he goes, by the way, here's a receipt from Lowe's. And if you take the receipt to them, uh, they might have a, a blow-in insulator uh, machine that you can rent cheap and use it to, to do all this. In for your attic. And I said, well, okay. So I go to, go to Lowe's, and he goes, uh, oh, you know, if you bought it here, you can use the machine free. So for 20 bucks, I got five bags of insulation, which is supposed to do about 1,000 about square foot. And I got a machine to put it in. So my son and I crawled up there and started blowing this insulation. And by the way, five bags of insulation, about 1,000 square foot. Our, the, the place that we were insulating was probably 750 square foot. Needless to say, we got about 12 inches of insulation up there. That really helped that really helped because the 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 heat during the summer months would drop down into the house and during the winter months would leak out through the uh through the attic so that's some of the things to think about when you're talking about insulation 
There's a lot of different ways you can insulate an area. We have people up here who have, who live in their fifth wheel or they live in a big trailer all, all the time. They just get a piece of property, pull a trailer up there, boom, put it up on blocks. And no, this isn't real Linda, but they still put it up on blocks. And then what they do is they take hay and they take bales of hay and throw it underneath the trailer or their motorhome or their fifth wheel or what have you. And then they take uh, four by eight sheets of plywood and put them around the side. That really insulates the inside. Of course, when summer comes and you want to open it up, you've got to look out for the critters because you, you never know what's going to be living there during the winter. Now, you have other things to do besides insulation, like close your front door, turn all the lights off in the house. Now, this do, do this in daylight and get down on your hands and knees and look. Do you see daylight through the cracks through the door, on the side of the door, the top of the door, the bottom of the door, the door jam? Well, those things have to be insulated as well. There's cracks in concrete. There's cracks in the walls. There's, there's all kinds of ways that air and coldness gets in. Now, let's see. I'm going to do this in order, right? So I've got insulation, caulking, exterior, AC, garage door, roofs, doors, exterior windows. i got all of this stuff. There's a lot of ideas here. The concept is I'm going to give you these ideas, and you're going to take these ideas, and you're going to extrapolate them or stretch, stretch them out to fit your needs. You might not need to do all of this stuff. You might need to do all of this stuff. Uh, who knows? The first thing that I did when I wanted to insulate the house I'm in now because everything I talk to you about, I do, or did. I went to Harbor Freight, and I got a thermal uh, laser reader. It, it sounds expensive. It's 10 bucks. It's the size of a Zippo lighter. You point it at an area, push the button, it tells you what the temperature is of that area. So you, you get that? So let's see. Let's say you have your heater set at 70 degrees inside the house. So if there's any leakage coming in, it's going to be less than 70 degrees. So, you point it at your windows. Well, if you have double-pane windows, they should be the exact same degree as the inside of the house. But then you go along the edge of the windows, and you're going to find that this thing starts dropping down to 58 degrees, 42 degrees. Same thing around your door, the perimeter of your door. Now, you're on the inside of your house doing this, okay? So, what you're doing is looking for temperature variations or differentiation. If it's 70 degrees inside the house... You're going to be, and you, you, it's smart to do this at night when it's cooler. You're going to look for areas where the temperature is lower. So it's, it's either not insulated well or there's cracks in, the, in, in it that's allowing the cold air in. Now, you'll do this also during the daylight on the outside of your house. You want to find out if you have, if you have, um, well, you can it's, you can do it at night. It's, it's easier if you don't want to turn your AC on. Let's say at night your house is, is maybe 65 degrees. You go outside at night and you use this laser and you, and you check the windows, you check the doors, you check everything you can and see how much heat is leaking out of your house. That's the key behind these uh, temperature gauges is how much heat is leaking out or in. And you find it out and then you go from there. Now, when I did the house... I did the, I had, a, I had a, a clipboard and I'm writing down temperature, temperature, temperature everywhere, wherever I'm checking. And the floor, I, I couldn't believe how cold the floor was. It didn't, it had cheap carpet on it with no padding. So I replaced the carpet and put padding on it as insulation. You don't want too much. Now you get, in the caulking aspect, let's say you got windows. 
And even you get these, hire these guys to come in and put double pane windows in your house. You know something? They'll pull the molding off, right? Outside molding, inside molding. Then they'll pop out your old windows. Now I'm oversimplifying this. Then they'll place your new windows in. They'll level them. And then they'll put your molding back on. They don't put insulation in the cracks. They don't. You'll find there's an inch width uh, on side to side. You could almost stick your hand through on some of these installations. So I was at my house when they put the, all the new windows and sliding doors and everything else in, and I stuffed all of those cracks with insulation. And some of the cracks were only a quarter inch wide, so I didn't put insulation. I put caulking in there. Now you've got something. Let's say you've got a one inch wide uh, space on the side of the window before it hits the frame. Well, most of the time, they're just going to put molding over that to hide that space. You, you don't want to do that. You want to, if you can pull the molding off, which others, either outside or inside, it doesn't matter where you do it. You do it carefully because you don't want to, you know, cosmetically screw this up. Pull the molding off and look for yourself. If you have spaces there, you're going to need to fill those spaces. Now, you can use something, it's called cock saver. C-A-U-L-K. Cock saver is like a quarter inch roll. Uh, it's, it's, it's like um, foam. It's foam. Quarter inch diameter foam, half inch diameter foam, even one inch diameter foam. And the idea is you want to shove this stuff in the crack as opposed to just fill it up with caulking. So you figure out what you got to do. And you're going to use different things. Sometimes I just simply took fiberglass insulation and jammed it in there. Packed it in. If it wasn't that thick, if the op- if the crack wasn't that thick, well, I just stick some like a half inch caulk saver in there, and they come in like twenty foot rolls. I'd shove that in there, and then I'd put some uh, silicone caulking in there and fill it up, and then I put the molding back on. And the same thing with your door, depending on how your door's been hung. I'm telling these carpenters, they they they're not there for perfection; they're there to get a job done. So I pulled the molding off of my uh, front door on the inside and there was two and a half inches of space on both sides I, I could not believe it well that got filled with fiberglass and then because that opening was so large not only did I fill it with fiberglass I ended up with duct tape sealing it also and then I put the molding back on so I did all my windows I did my doors and my uh, now my house now, I have gas logs in it, and I turn if it's twenty degrees outside, I'll turn my gas heater on a half inch, and the house is sixty five degrees. That's all because it the, it's so well insulated. Now there's all kinds of different caulk that you can buy, C A U L K. Uh, there and, and, and I mean, there's a lot. There's all, all kinds of different things. There's uh, polyurethane. There's synthetic rubber. There's uh, 3M marine sealant if you need waterproofing. There's GE silicone too. You want the best you can get, or you can just get the cheapest stuff. You know, you want to buy it at a yard sale, do it. Realize after a few years, if caulk is stored and it comes in a tube, big tube, but inch and a half in diameter, ten inches long or so or foot long, it just depends. If that stuff is stored out in a shed somewhere where it gets uh, zero degrees and then it gets 160 degrees, it's going to go bad and harden like a rock. So be aware of that and be careful what you buy and when you buy it. On the exterior, 
and we're going to move now to the exterior. And you can look at, you're going to, if you've ever been in a broken pipe problem in the middle of winter, you'll know what I'm talking about. So what you're going to want to do is insulate your pipes on the outside of the house or uh, those that run along the wall in the garage. Anything that's that can freeze, you're going to want to insulate it. And there's different ways to do it. If you have bibs, meaning the faucet, on the outside, you can put these... Um, well, if everything freezes, you're going to turn your water off, open the bibs, and put a, uh, a cover. It's a cup that goes over your bib. And that'll keep everything from freezing up at that point. But you can put a, a, a bib saver on there. It's a, it's a, little, a bib cover uh, to keep them from freezing if you need to use the water during the winter months. And the pipes, they have these long foam tubes that are slit. And you just fit that slit over the top of the pipes, and now you've got them insulated. Now, they're not totally insulated, but they'll keep them from freezing. And that's the important part. If you have a well, you need to make sure your wellhead is really insulated. I've got a friend that's got a well, uh, and he has a little well pump uh, building. It's about four foot by four foot by four foot. You can't even get in there because it's so full of insulation. He had it freeze one year. He had no water in the house for a week. So these, you know, these kind of things you got to think ahead. You can also get uh, pipe tape, heat tape. This is literally tape that wraps around a pipe and you plug it in the wall. It gets to about forty degrees, but that's enough to keep everything from freezing. Now here's the thing where caulk comes in on the outside of the house. I don't care what kind of siding you have. Critters are going to get in under, underneath that and live there. Like hornets and wasps and spiders. And cold air comes in. So what you do... Now, the smart thing to do is all of this before winter really hits. That's why I'm doing this, this, this part of the show now. You start at the bottom of your, of your siding. Put your hands under there. You want to wear gloves? That's a smart thing to do. And then feel the space and go, oh, crap. Okay, you want to feel that space. Depending on how thick it is or how, how, how uh, wide that space is, you could just easily use a caulking gun and fill it up. You want to find every crack that you can find. When I first moved into my house, I had these, it was, it was a recalled wooden siding. They were like 20 feet by one foot by half an inch. And they were warped all to hell. Well, I went around the whole house and nailed all of them down tighter. And then I went and I caulked everything, every piece. It took about 20 tubes of caulking. But you got to check everything on the outside of your house. Check everything. If it's, if it's got cracks that need to be sealed, then you got to seal it. You will have uh, an AC. If you have an AC, make sure it's seated properly. You know, it sticks in a wall or in a window or something like that. Make, make sure it's seated properly in there and solid. You know, it's it's a really incompetent fool who sets an air conditioner on a, on a uh, shelf and just lets it aim at his back window, his window. I, I don't understand how people can't can't mount an air conditioner solid. I've seen numerous ones fall to the ground, especially up here. You check the sides and the top and the bottom of your air conditioner. Make sure they're all sealed. Use caulk filler or. Uh, the uh, fiberglass insulation. You don't really want to caulk the outside. 
because you might pull you might need to pull the air conditioner out for repairs so make but make sure it's filled okay just caulk is needed but uh, and by the way make sure you have at least a five degree cant to the outside a little angle to the outside that's so uh, moisture can drain during the summer months and now if you're if it's winter month and you've done the caulking and everything and you're not going to use the ac get an ac bag air conditioner bag it's you put it around the ac and it seals it or just use a garbage bag that's all we use just take a garbage bag pull it up around the air conditioner and and uh, duct tape it tight so check all the seals on that go everywhere on the siding in your house everywhere from top to bottom and check all of that and by the way those of you with basements will have casement windows uh, sometimes they're, sometimes they're different than the windows you have in the rest of your house. Check those two. We have these tip outs, and they they tip out, and they have foam on them. That foam is about thirty years old, so you know, we scrape it off. And I got this quarter inch self adhesive foam, and I run a bead around there and put it up, and it seals it up good. That's the best you can do. Then that's the best you can do. You got to look at your roof as well. This is part of the insulation. The the roof shingles act as insulation. If they're broken, if they're flapping in the breeze, if rain and water can get underneath them, not only are you going to get water damage inside your building, you're also going to get air inside of there. So make sure everything's sealed down. If you got to take a nail a nail gun or a hammer and nails, go go along there and check it. Make sure they're uh, nailed down good. Any holes. Well, you know, you can just use caulking if you want. Just make sure it's clean. Take a brush with you. Clean off the hole and uh, caulk it. And then make a little note that when winter's over, you're going to need to repair your roof. So you're going to check. All right, now you're checking your doors. They have uh, insulation on the sides. There's all kinds of different ones. There's foam insulation. There's this double stick tape. Literally, it's a tape that folds over. And that's that's some doors use that nowadays. So you got to check all of that. You got to check. And again, we're gonna. I'm talking to you about possibly removing the molding on the outside or inside, whatever's easiest and safest, and repacking the sides and top of the door. Now check the threshold. Make sure the threshold. This is that little lip underneath the door. The door closes on. That threshold's put there for a purpose. If water comes down the door, it's not going to run under the door into the house. Make sure the threshold is not loose. If it's loose, pull it up, clean out underneath of it, and put some caulking down and put the threshold back down. It, there are various ways to repair a threshold. Those you can uh, figure it out. Go to Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that. Sometimes you might have to replace a threshold if it's that old and that broken down. And a lot of times the screws that hold a threshold down uh, rust out. So now you got garbage. <laughs> which you can fix, you know, and there's different ways to do all of this stuff. But you want to make sure the door seals properly. Now, most doors now, modern doors, aren't just door underneath there. They have a, a strip of weather stripping that actually mates to the uh, threshold and will work as uh, insulation. If that strip is, is uh, damaged or missing, replace it. However you got to do it. Now, in the long run, and we this is what we have to do, we close our door during the winter. I got a towel rolled up, and it goes right at the base of the door. 
because we get wind there so much that any any insulation isn't going to work. So we just stick a, a rolled up towel bottom of the door. Stops any leakage of air coming or going. Now make sure your door closes right. You know, I've got a door in one of my sheds. I got to lift up when I close the damn thing. Same thing on your door. These main doors that humans use to come and go, you make sure that they are functioning right. If you have to, knock the pins out of your your uh, your hinges, clean them, and relubricate them. If the hinges are loose, if the screws are loose, now here's the thing: you've got to have your your hinges all tight on your door, on a swinging door. If your any of the screws are stripped out. That's where wooden stick matches come in handy. That's what we've used for 100 years. You got a stripped out screw on a hinge. You unscrew it, blow it out, clean out the little screw hole a little bit. You don't need to do much. Take a wooden stick match, stick it in there, and break it off. Now when you put your screw in, it's got some wood to bite against. Hinges have flat screws for a reason. If they if the screws are rounded, then the door's not going to close, and you're going to put pressure as like a fulcrum would on the hinge and pop all the screws out. Make sure your hinges are clean, and that if any loose screws, pull them out, stick a wood stick match in there, break it off, tighten back down. Make sure everything's adjusted properly. Make sure your door closes. Check your handle of your door. Make sure it's it's tight. Make sure your your plates are tight. Make sure everything is working as perfect as possible. That's important. These things, any of these things aren't done, are going to cost you not just money, but it could cost you uh, comfort and it could cost you your life. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Different places. Now we're going to look at exterior windows. Exterior windows, it doesn't matter what kind you have. They're going to have what's called weep holes. This is because condensation will occur inside of a home. Condensation runs down a window, goes into the runners there, and will leak out to the outside. Those weep holes need to be cleaned. What we do in our house, we have the sliding windows. So once a year, obviously in summer, I'll remove the windows and remove the track, and I'll pour hot water into the grooves and let them wash out the weep holes. We do that every year. And if you have windows that go up and down, make sure they're cleaned enough uh, that they can go up and down without any problem. If you have to recock your windows, remove the old caulk. If you've got the old style windows that the glass is held in with, with uh, caulking, uh, remove it. And if, if it's bad, remove it and replace it. There's no excuse for not taking care of your, your uh, standard maintenance. Now, if you don't have double pane windows and when i say double pane these windows basically have uh, dead air space between two pieces of glass and it could be filled with nitrogen as well and that creates a dead space of insulation so it could be five degrees outside 80 degrees inside and your windows will be 80 degrees because they're not being affected by the cold if you have single pane windows now there's something that you can do for the sum for the winter and that is you buy window kits. And what it is, is uh, pre-set sized plastic sheets with trim that you can tack down around it. And these sheets are simple. Uh, you ha- Like 
the last one I used had a thick cardboard tack strip. And I would hang the plastic sheet at the top of the window. I had a window that was uh, three by four, three feet wide, four feet tall. So I hung the sheet at the top of the window. And I tacked the tack strip into the molding, real fine tacks. And then I did another tack strip at the bottom of the molding. I'm, and the idea is I'm stretching this sheet as tight as possible. Then I tack it another tack strip on each side. So all four sides had a tack strip done. And I lightly pulled the plastic. Then you take a hairdryer. You lightly brush it with heat. And the plastic will shrink enough to pull tight. And now you have a dead air space that will create insulation between you and the outside. This is not a permanent solution. This is a temporary, even though up here in Idaho, people tend to use that as a permanent situation. <laughs> too many times. Too many times they will. So it's very, very simple. You know, it's just you make sure everything's working right. Oh, and by the way, the cheapest place for those window kits, and there's all different sizes, is uh, slickdeals.com. I saw them on there for a dollar a piece. Walmart was closing them out at one time as well. This, you know, seasonal stuff sells during the season. And then, like right now, Walmart's bringing in all the bikinis. Or wait a minute. No, wait a minute. They brought those bikinis in in December. So now they're bringing in the, the, the winter stuff. Of course, we're up here in North Idaho. So the winter clothing that's coming into Walmart in North Idaho is the stuff that goes into Walmart in San Jose, California. I don't know. Anyway, so now we're going to look at interior walls. Now, interior walls include uh, light switches, plugs, plates, right? Anything that that matches to the wall. Here's something that'll blow your mind. When carpets are put in or flooring's put in, you have molding on the floor. Wait till it's cold outside. Remove some of the molding Anywhere in your house, anywhere, doesn't matter. You're going to notice a half inch to an inch thick space from where the wall comes to the ground. And you're going to see cold air down there. I never knew about that. No one ever told me about that. Air will find its way in, especially in the winter when it's zero degrees outside. So I pulled the molding off of my house and I put cocksaver underneath everything. Everything, every wall has, is, is filled now. So that's that's fine. Then you put your molding back on. There are kits you can buy, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, I don't care. And these are for plates, uh, switch plates, and plugs, plug plates down towards the floor. They're a little foam, and you take your, let's say your switch plate, you take your switch plate off, and that's, you know, you, you take a switch plate off when it's windy outside, you will feel wind there. This is part of insulating your house. Take the switch plate off, put the foam plate on there, put the switch plate back on. Nobody knows the difference. But now you can't feel air coming out of there. Just look through your house, every room, look for holes in the wall, especially. People hang all kinds of weird stuff on their walls. You will find air coming out of those little holes. Get some caulking and fill those holes. We've used toothpaste before. <laughs> Not ours, it's Survival Enterprises, but, you know, like Ipana or something, some white toothpaste and use that to fill these holes with because the toothpaste dries rock hard. So the idea is you, you fill up all the holes. If, if you have wood, now in a log home, you have, uh, you have what's called chinking. 
It's where the logs lay on top of each other, and you're going to have a space there. It's, it's an uneven space. And there's all kinds of different types of chinking. Everything from adobe, just mud and uh, straw, to actual rubberized chinking that they use in modern log homes. They spread it in there to fill in the, the gaps. Well, the problem with that stuff is it dries out and, and falls off. And it gets wet, and it won't seal anymore. So if you have a log cabin, this is another job for you. you got to rechink. you got to look at what's going on on the outside of your, your log cabin. I went with a friend of mine. This is a millionaire. has a million-dollar log cabin. It's about 4,000 square feet. And when it was built uh, 10 years earlier, you used the top-of-the-line chinking on this thing. It was beautiful. It's gorgeous. I got to the end of the cabin on the right-hand side, and I pulled up the chinking, and I pulled, and a 20-foot section just fell off. It was soaking wet, and there was mold growing in it. The whole cabin had to be redone, top to bottom. It was good chinking, had a five-year warranty, and it was 10 years later. That's the problem. So you've got to look at that if you have a log cabin or something akin to a log cabin. And then you need to check on the inside. And a lot of times log cabins are actually finished on the inside. It, 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 it just depends on, on what you like, you know. So a lot of them are, are fiberglassed on the inside and then sheetrock put up. Whatever, whatever it takes, you got to do. Now, check your floors. All right? You got carpet. You got padding. Okay? You got hardwood floors. Use, see, you're doing a diagnostic on a house as if you would, you're a doctor and you're doing a diagnostic on a human. You want to feel around. You want to see if there's any air coming up or coming in. Any cracks you find fixed. Now, if you have a concrete base, that's just as bad. Concrete cracks. And that those cracks will allow moisture in, will allow air in, will allow cold in. So if you've got, uh, uh, and especially in a basement, you're going to have concrete floors. If you have concrete floors and they have cracks in them, fill the cracks. I don't care how you do it. You want to use caulk, you can fill, use the caulk and fill it up like that. Now, look up. You got open ceilings. You got cracks in your ceiling. You got any problems with your ceilings. You got to fix those up as well. Fill the holes. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can, if you have to, and I've done this before, I've got Husky 15 milliliter uh, plastic sheeting, and I've stapled it up as a ceiling in a cabin that I was in one year. And it also helped. See, there was fiberglass stapled up there. I mean, that's stupid. You got fiberglass rollouts, and right, it's aluminum on one side and fiberglass on the other. So you get these people that put this fiberglass up, and they put the aluminum on the outside, and they staple it up there. But as it gets old, the fiberglass settles and it falls down. So you're getting fiberglass uh, contamination over everything in the building. So I just took plastic sheeting I got over at Home Depot and I stapled it up everywhere. Now, do you have an attic or a crawl space? That's a whole different ball of wax. Uh, an attic, you, you handle exactly the same way you'll handle your ceiling. You find cracks and, and you fix them. If you have a, a uh, crawl space, well, then you're going to have to do like I did. Either blow in your uh, insulation or roll it in if you want to do it that way. I, I personally like the roll in better. It's, it's a higher quality. It doesn't settle 
uh, and and it's it'll last longer. But that's up to you. Don't cover any of your uh, side vents because your attic, your uh, crawl, your your space up there, your your uh, upper crawl space actually breathes, and you need it to do so. Now, what I did on my house is I put a thermostatically controlled gable vent. It's an exhaust fan, and it's at the top of the crawl space. And when it hits seventy-five degrees, it turns on and it pulls all the hot air out of the house, out of the uh, attic area. Other people put those little whirly bird things. You know, they're about eight to twelve inches diameter uh, steel. They put it on a roof and wiener, 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 and they. They twirl around and they theoretically pull heat out. I, I guess that works. Anything that goes through your roof, like chimney or uh, house vents, sewage vents, any of that stuff, you while you're up on your roof, make sure they're all insulated and sealed. Now, we had a problem with uh, the sewage vent. Every, every house, every building, every motorhome, every camper has a sewage tank. And it has to have a pressure relief vent. And in a house, it's usually about a three to four inch diameter PVC pipe going up through the chimney or up up through the roof. Make sure there's a cap on that. And make sure where it goes up through is sealed around it. There's a lot of these little things like that that people aren't taking uh, taking, uh, attention to. and, And then it goes bad. You just you can only do as much as you can do, and that's why that's why I do what I do is to try and help people think ahead. I give you information. I'm not an expert on everything, but I know a, a, a lot. Now, now we're going to go under your house. If you don't have a basement, you got a crawl space down below. Make sure it's not wet. That's number one. You you want to make sure it's not wet down there, because if it is then something's leaking in your house. It could be in sewage. Now, my brother lived in uh, Ceres at one time. No, it was Oakdale. He lived in Oakdale. And uh, we were going to insulate his uh, crawl space under our house, and I went down there, and it was mud. As far as the eye could see, it was all mud down there. I'm like, what the hell? And he'd, he'd had a funny smell in his house of mold. Not Not real powerful, but just a little bit. Turned out he lived on a clay area. And I mean clay. We had to hand drill holes, one foot diameter holes, a hundred of them under his house, so that the water could drip through the clay layer. And it was a layer was about a foot deep. Had to do the same thing on his property. Had to drill leak holes, drain holes. That was ridiculous. But you go down... And you look underneath of your house, and you see how the insulation is. A lot of houses, you get down, maybe you got a, a, a two-foot crawl space, and you get on your back and you look up. What are you going to see? You're going to see the, the, the framework to the floor. You're going to see the joists. And then you'll see, on top of that, boards, uh, floorboards. Well, there's no insulation. So what you do is you take the rollout insulation... And you roll it out, staple it up everywhere. And then, now that's just part of it. You can leave it at that. But if you want to do this right, then you finish it with what's called a vapor barrier. And after you put your fiberglass up there and you staple it up, you wear goggles, believe me. You're going to wear goggles. You're going to wear gloves. You're going to wear 
a long sleeve shirt, cover your throat, because as you're doing this, particles of fiberglass are going to be floating around getting on you. And you don't need that. You're going to get it anyway, no matter how you do it, but you might as well cut down the uh, contamination. So when you're done with the fiberglass on, on your crawl space, you get plastic sheeting, cheap stuff, go to Home Depot, and you staple it up. You're creating a vapor barrier. This is another form of dead air insulation. I guarantee you, when you're done with this part, everything's going to change in your house. Make sure, now most houses with a crawl space, if you're down there and it's daylight and you're looking around at the sides of the house down there, you're going to see vents open. Leave those vents open. Your house breathes. And that those vents also help dry out uh, any moisture that gets trapped under your house. But be that as it may, make sure the vents are also the proper vents that should go there, that they're not beat up or missing or bent. They're not that expensive. A couple bucks a piece and replace them if you have to. Now, there's a lot more to insulating and uh, handling the heat and cold and all that stuff to your house. But I can tell you this, is that fans are a big, big thing with homes. Fans are. For circulating coolness and for circulating heat. When I heat my house during the winter, I've got three or four fans running. I've got a fan. We have a basement, then we have a first floor. And right above the fireplace in the basement, I got a one-by-one hole. And it is, uh, it's got a vent on it, top and bottom. So it's, just, it's, a, it's a hole. You can get upstairs and look down. I have a fan right below that. I turn it on, and it pulls the heat from the log fire downstairs, upstairs. Then I have a fan upstairs that's circulating that blows that heat to the rest of the house. We don't have forced air heat, but we have that heat designed properly and keeps everybody nice and warm and safe. Now, I have a gas log downstairs and I have one upstairs. And these are ventless gas logs, so the flue is closed during the winter. Now, during the summer, I remove the gas log upstairs and I place an air conditioner in in my fireplace. And I have a little fan on top of the air conditioner to blow the heat up. I open the flue during the summer and turn the air conditioner on so I can air conditioner upstairs and I have uh, heat being blown up the flue. And so, you know, we don't have forced air or forced heat, but I have ingenuity. I'm sure there's more to that. But you know what? I give you a lot of information. You take that information, you run with it, and you see what you can do. If you have any questions, you can give us a holler. It's Get a jump on it now. Right, and, and you can use this information for any living space, including a cave if you have to. You just insulate, insulate, and seal. Seal it up. But always remember this. You have to have a source of air at all times. So I don't care how well you seal your house. You need to leave a window open at least two inches somewhere in your house. Especially if you have a fire that you use. We, we had our house up for sale some years back and we had this really nice family come in and they, I was showing them the whole house and I said, look, here's the fireplace, here's how you do the heat. 
But uh, now make sure you leave a window open. And, and the woman asked me why. And I, I said, don't you understand that you have to have a window open if you're using fire? She goes, why? Well, I told the agent, I, basically, this, this house isn't for them. <laughs> yeah, so common sense. Use what I've been telling you. Situational awareness, too. Pay attention to what's going on. We're going into the, this is the election season. And the communists, not just worldwide, but specifically in the United States, are upping the ante. You be prepared to hunker down and defend what you have. So keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. This is the Armchair Survivalist signing off.